Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is going on? That's right. It's your boy, Preston, Fat Samurai Guy. Back again with another live Q&A slash whatever you want to call it. Movie hangout talking. Hanging with Samurai tonight. That's how I titled the video. Hang out with me. Let's hang out. Let's have some fun. Let's talk movies and pop culture. Uh, how is everyone? Yes. Cheers. I know this is kind of a last minute thing, but I'm like, fucking, if I don't do it tonight, it's probably not going to get done this week because Samurai Guy is ridiculously busy this week with all kinds of content and stuff coming to the channel. But cheers. Cheers to everybody hanging out and watching. I appreciate you. I love you. Oh, yeah. Woo. That's some good stuff there. Yeah. Who do we got in the hazy tonight? Who do we got, baby? Jake Hall, there he is, certified badass channel member. Oh yeah, Brandon throwing it up. He's throwing it up. <laughs> hey, Tyler in the house. What's going on, brother? Good to see you. Yeah, cheers, Eric. What's going on, man? Good to see you guys tonight. Yeah, yeah. Decided to do a last-minute quick uh, uh, live Q and A tonight. Let's hang out. Let's have some fun. Talking movies. Is what this channel is all about. And uh, let's see here. We got enough legends here in the house. Let's go ahead and cut the music. Yeah, there we go. All right. All right. Oh, shit. Well, it was great seeing everybody here tonight. And big shout out to all our channel members and patrons. Love you guys. Thank you again for your continued support for the channel. And we are growing that's right. It's good to see everyone. But before we get started with some movie talking, you know what we got to do. Oh, yeah. Love that song. Love that song. You know, got to represent the Urban Action Showcase and Expo, baby. That's right. Hit the link in the description box below. Check out the website. See what awesome guests are coming to show up this year. Buy some merch. There you go. The QR code, baby. Scan the QR code. Take you straight to the website and check it out. A lot of cool, awesome stuff on the way. Oh, my goodness. I'm seeing more legends showing up. We got more legends in the house. Justin, what's going on, brother? I know. I know. Am I going to get the 4K remaster of the raid? Eh, I don't need it. <laughs> you know, you know it's like a must, right? Heather, what's going on? Samuel Stokes. Well, we are stoked that Samuel is here. Good to see you. Michael, what's going on, man? Yeah. And don't forget, you guys, all you legends, watch it right now. All you badasses, if you guys are free tomorrow at 12 p.m. Pacific time, hang out. With Samurai Guy, and you guys know who this guy is. You know him. That's right. Trying to find the photo here. That's right. Don the Dragon Wilson will be hanging out with your boy. And with all two other legends, we have Alan Delabi, 
We're going to be premiering him and Michael Morris's newest teaser trailer for the action thriller, The Shepherd Code. So Don will be here hanging out. Yeah. But, but if he doesn't show up, hey, that's just how this how this works here. <laughs> All these filmmakers and and stars, hey, they're busy like crazy. So if he has to pull out, I totally understand, and that didn't sound right. But yeah, tomorrow, hey, come hang out with us tomorrow, 12 p.m. Pacific time. That's right. And uh, ask some questions, ask some super chat questions to old, old Don the Dragon Wilson, and I'll put it up on screen. Yeah, so hang out with us. That's what this channel is all about, having fun, talking about action movies, martial arts, horror, and a little bit of films that be outside of the box. And I have two movies tonight to talk about. You're going to be like, you watched that? <laughs> You're like, you watched that? What in the world? Who are you, Samurai guy? What are you, what are you doing watching that? Say 10, what's going on, man? What's up? Oh, man. Yeah. There we go, Lawbreaker. What's going on? Chilling in the, chilling in the UK. <laughs> what's going on? Shout out to the UK. That's right. Yes, yes. Brian Sanchez, good to see you again. Throwing it up again. Yeah, man, yeah. So uh, let me, uh, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. So this is a new segment I want to start. Um, this was kind of last minute tonight, so I'll have to use IMDb because <laughs> it's too many images and photos and shit <laughs> to upload into StreamYard. Um, but uh, this is a new, this, is, this idea just came to me. I was like, you know what? I watched so many movies throughout the week and over the weekend at home, whether it's busting out some old Blu-rays or going to streaming services, especially over the weekend, me and Lady Fat Blood, you know, we get down, let's, let's watch some movies, right? And so that could lead us anywhere. We'd be all over the place, which is, you'll see tonight, <laughs> the movies I've seen. So uh, I was like, you know what? Every time we all hang out and have fun and we do these live Q&As and I do Blu-ray reviews once in a while, and hopefully I'll have a Blu-ray review video this Thursday so you can see what Samurai guys got here to, to, to uh, review for you guys. But I was thinking, like, you know, this new segment where all these random movies that I watched, I get my quick thoughts about each one, and uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on the same titles as well if you guys have seen that. So let me know in chat, or those of you badasses that are watching this after this is live, let me know in the comments what you guys think about each of these films. Thumbs up, thumbs down, it's all good. But I figured, you know, there's so many movies I watch and stuff, and I'm so busy all the time. There's no way in hell I'll be able to review and do review videos for every single movie I watch. I'm like, you know what? Why don't we use this platform here, live Q&A, hanging out with Samurai. And let's, I'll give my quick thoughts uh, about each movie. So let's, uh, let's have some fun here. So first off, <laughs> the Dojo Army said I, I should, I, I should uh, channel members said I should call this segment Fat Hub. <laughs> so fat hub begins today i'm gonna have to make an intro next time fat hub is the new segment where i give my uh, quick thoughts and let you guys know what i watched recently old movies is all random uh but uh you know let's go ahead and get into it here so first up we have street hunter 1990 yes yes and uh let me let me blow you know what let me show what i'm uh looking at here that way you guys could follow along <laughs> 1990s street hunter yeah there we go <laughs> so you know uh when we when we found this movie out lady fab blood found out about this movie and i was like 
oh, we have to do it. So we were ha- we were hoping to have some more so good it's bad B movie watches over the weekend. And so she found this movie on YouTube. She was like, oh my God, we have to watch this. I'm like, why? And she's like, because <laughs> it stars our boy Red Brown. <laughs> yes, Strike Commando. <laughs> And our and our brother from another mother, Steve James. Let me go back to this poster. Y'all love, you know, we love us some Steve James here on this channel. Look at this poster. Now, who's the star? <laughs> what? This poster does not scream that Steve James is the star. You know, this, you know, you would think Red Brown is the star, right? But he's actually the bad guy. And he's kind of like, he's he kind of becomes the main nemesis at the end. Uh, but this is what it, I mean. Look, and, and Steve James actually wrote this. He he, he co-wrote this movie. Uh, here's a here's a plot synopsis. Here, Logan Blade is a tough ex-police officer turned bounty hunter who has to confront a street gang led by young Angel uh, and his ruthless bodyguard Colonel Walsh. That's who Red plays. But guess who plays young Angel? Let me make sure you guys are seeing what I'm seeing here. Guess who plays young Angel? John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> plays young angel let me see if i could bring up uh this all and they have three photos they, they said fuck it they said fuck this movie they only have three photos so <laughs> so there you go i mean steve james was definitely going for a kind of like a a modern day western type of vibe with this character he wrote here he's got the badass dog he's got the cool gun he's got the hat and the coat and it was really looking like this was going to be a great um B movie like a great act look at this a great <laughs> a great like good bad film you know and it started off pretty good it started off pretty good where we have our our you know uh, Leguizamo's character kind of he's doing a deal with this other gangster's son right and of course it does it doesn't go right and so it was it was a setup it was an ambush you know red brown comes out they just mowed down a whole bunch of people. Uh, John Leguizamo's doing a lot of crazy overacting. And then Steve James shows up. He sticks his dog on people, like, straight out of, you know, Shadow Dancer. <laughs> and, you know, while he's blasting some dudes, you know. So I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be a good movie. And then what? what is always the worst thing, right? What, what, what do I always say here on the channel for B-movies? There's nothing or bad movies. There's 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 bad, and then there's boring bad, and boring bad is always like the death nail to where you just want to go to sleep. And unfortunately, one of the most charismatic legends, Steve James. I mean, you guys know him from the American Ninja movies and all kinds of stuff. Uh, he looked bored. I don't know what I don't know. It was weird. It was very weird. Red Brown, not really known to be a great actor. Was kind of outshining and stealing all of the scenes he was in, which is so strange. I, I mean, we're like, what is going on here? We have an overly charismatic Red Brown and a very, like, just, I'm going to just be like this. I'm going to talk like this. I'm going to be super serious the whole movie. There were, you know, Steve James. It was so weird. And, like, <laughs> there was moments where Steve James would Steve James. Right. You gotta let you gotta let your Steve James Steve James. All right. You gotta let him do that in your movie. And I, I chuckled at a few things, but it was just like, oh man. But when there was action, 
you get some, you know, you get some, some, some nice solid gunplay. You get some blood, bloody squibs. And when finally, when Steve James was doing martial arts and stuff, I was like, okay, finally, you know, we're, you know, but this was like all the way to like the third act of the movie. We finally get to see Steve James, Steve James throw down. And, you know, it was, it was kind of cool, but it was just kind of like, it wasn't enough of that. The only saving grace of the movie where, or I'm glad I watched it was you get <laughs> man meat slapping some other man meat, beefy, beefy meat, beefy meaties <laughs> slapping each other <laughs> at the end where you have <laughs> big old buff Steve James versus big old buff Reb Brown. And they actually had, I wish it was longer, but they actually had an entertaining one-on-one -on -one fight. And what was making that fight even more entertaining was because Red Brown's character is insane. And he's up, he's all about war and the honor of war and the passion of war and battle. And he would, he would always, you know, quote, you know, like Genghis Khan and what he's done in the past and all this crazy shit. And then, you know, he was doing that. <laughs> like, he's like, Hey, have you ever heard of like, uh what's his name miyamoto musashi he said in his book that he says starts quoting shit while they're fighting and you can clearly see that he's messing up his lines so he'll say it again but he'll shout it and it's so funny but uh yeah i wish their fight was longer hey what's up lady danish how you doing hey hey yeah so yeah it, you know we we love us some steve james i really wanted to love street hunter and it definitely had its moments but you can't there were so many scenes in that movie where it just kept going and it kept going there was like this comedic skit or joke where steve james was fucking with these 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 two uh wannabe uh, car thieves and it just kept going it kept going it kept going it was like dude we already got the joke let's just keep going <laughs> steve james needed some sam furstenberg or something like it just, you know, so yeah, despite a few decent action moments and you get the man meat versus man meat bonus with Red Brown versus Steve James, which is the throwdown finale fight I never knew I wanted <laughs> until it happened. But unfortunately, uh, the rest of the movie was just kind of a bore and it's, it's sad. So I don't know if you guys have seen Street Hunter, but you can watch it now on YouTube. But yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, so that, so we watched that, so that was kind of a downer. Uh, next up was even more of a downer. <laughs> so we have, I'm bringing it up here. Hold on. Oh, this is a was more of a downer, man. Let me find it here. There you go. Iron Warrior. Yes. Look at that wonderful score right there. <laughs> Iron Warrior. I don't know if you guys have seen. You know what's crazy? Iron. I mean, look at that. Look at that poster. This poster's epic. This is what the fucking 80s was all about, right? Like this is what this is what I'm talking about. I miss posters like this. This is fucking this is fucking epic. This is more epic than the goddamn movie. Look at it. Born of a sorceress sired by a dragon baptized in blood. Yeah, not really. But uh we'll we'll get back to Iron Warrior. So all you mystery science theater fans. So this stars Tarzan himself, Miles O'Keefe. So all you Mystery Science Theater fans, if you guys remember the Ator movies or Cave Dwellers. So apparently there has been three Ator movies. Um, 
I did not know the Iron Warrior was the third one. So this is 1987. Plot synopsis is Ator and his brother are separated as children by the evil witch uh, Phaedra. 18 years later, she takes over the kingdom with the help of a masked warrior. Ator and Princess Janna prepare for the final fight. Now, I want you guys to take a look at this picture right here. And I want you to tell me in chat right now, what is familiar about this sword? I'll wait. <laughs> what is familiar about that sword? This is as big as I could blow it up. Does that sword look a little familiar? Let me see if anyone could guess what other movie that sword is from. And let me know in chat so I can put it on screen. Come on, guys. I know you can do it. Yes, that's why you guys are legends. Yeah. <laughs> so you know me. This that Conan the Barbarian is my movie. I just talked about that film with uh uh filmmaker Chris Mancini uh yesterday about Conan the Barbarian. Look at you guys nailed it. Yeah, you guys know your shit. So when we were watching this, I was like, what the fuck? Like it wasn't even a, a bootleg, you guys. He had the sword, and I'm like, what is happening? So uh <laughs> This movie was a was a fucking mess. The only the only interesting thing about this film film is that you got some very some uh yes, yes, you nailed it, Eric. There was some interesting uh stunts here and there. There was some some great look vast locations. There were some really cool sets and some traps that they try to uh like Indiana Jones ripoff type tra uh, traps. Uh, but there were some there were some interesting sets and design set designs and stuff like that. Like there was some stuff that looked pretty cool in the movie. Now here here's another fun fact. So he's got he fights with the Conan the Barbarian sword, right? Well, the villain in the movie is fighting with Red Sonia's sword. There 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 must not have been any copyright in the eighties uh, back then. <laughs> so yeah, let me get back to. Uh, uh, Iron Borier. Yeah, so not to say that the other two Ator movies were good. Those weren't really good either. But there's the man. There's the man. The, the myth of legend. But here's what's, here, here's what's hilarious. This movie has been remastered on Blu-ray from Kino Lorber. I was like, what? <laughs> this is remastered? I guess there's fans of this film somewhere. Uh, but here's the princess he's hanging out with. Uh, you, you do get a lot of bloops. You get some bloop, a lot of bloopage in here. So, I mean, that's that's kind of a positive, you know. You get some 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 lady lumps in here. Uh, interesting wardrobe and hairdo. But here's our villain here who's unarmed. He doesn't have his bootleg Red Sonia sword. But, yeah, I mean, I was so stoked when you see posters like this. I was, like, so stoked for this movie. Just, just for, like, hey, this might be fun Beastmaster-esque you know, uh, fantasy, dark, violent fantasy. And it just, again, of boring. Just like Street Hunter, you can't, you know, you can't be bored, you know? You got all this cool shit, and yet there's a lot of, like, nothing happening. It is very disappointing. They tried to do, I don't know when this movie came out, if it was in 3D, but there was these. There was this odd action fight set piece between our iron warrior and Ator, and he's throwing a spear where the spear flies towards the camera. Ator catches it and throws it back. 
but it was this weird first person view perspective. They just kept doing it. Like they just kept doing it over and over again. I throw the spear at you. You catch it. You throw it back at me. I throw two spears at you. You catch it. Both throw it back at me. I was like, okay, are we going to, are we going to do something else? No, that's all we're going to do here. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if this movie is supposed to be a 3d movie or anything like that, but yeah. Um, just, just really boring. And, uh, you know, I, I try to be positive. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Oh, look at the set design. <laughs> look at the locations. This is cool. Right. There was one, the best, I, I would say this, the best part of the movie was they, the bad guys <laughs> capture the princess and they pull her like this. They 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 have her tied up with ropes. So you got a horse on this side, and you got a horse on this side. So the speed the horses are going full speed away, trying to kidnap her away from bootleg Conan. And so she's literally being dragged. You see a dummy on the ground being dragged, <laughs> like really bad, like long, dragged the princess. And I was like, oh, the princess is dead. Oh, like the princess is dead, man. I was like, no, it was like she's fucked up. Like princess is, is is fucked. Like she's she's dead, you know. And after after Ator catches up with the horse guys, kills them, and then you know goes to check out uh, the uh, is a so so much this guy got to be naked with Bo Derek. <laughs> well. Well, I'll respect him in that movie, but not in this movie. Uh, this movie's even bad for a Miles O'Keefe film. So, uh, yeah. So, do you see how the princess looks right here? She's perfectly fine. She's not even dirty. She's not bloody. Nothing. So, right after she got dragged <laughs> on the dirt for a long time like this, face first, Ator catches up with her and picks her up, and she's completely fine. There's no, There's nothing. She's not, like, limping. She's not dirty or anything. So I'm like, okay, they, they don't give a fuck. These filmmakers don't care. <laughs> and I wanted a cool in-fight throwdown showdown between him and the Iron Warrior. And they couldn't even, you know, satisfy me on that end. And then at the very end of the movie, it tries to be artsy-fartsy and break the fourth wall. And I'm like, no. I'm like, no, fuck you, movie. Fuck you. All right, We're, we went all in on your on your sword and sorcery B movie shenanigans. You know what I mean? We 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 were like, all right, we're gonna meet this movie on its own terms. Let's see if we get you know if we get entertained by it. Fuck it. So who cares if it's low budget? Let's see if we get entertainment out of it. I mean, we're still fucking bored, and we're laughing at stuff that's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> and then at the very end, the movie like. The, the, the evil witches and sorceresses are looking at the audience and talking to the audience. What do you think happened? <laughs> I was like, fuck you. Fuck you, Iron Warrior. And fuck Kino Lorber for bringing that shit out on Blu-ray. <laughs> so, there's so many movies out there. We still don't have True Lies. We still don't have The, the Abyss. We don't have Chuck Norris's Forced Vengeance on Blu-ray. But Iron Warrior, <laughs> the movie of travel and boredom, the movie of sometimes you get some bloops and some exotic locations, but then boredom. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. You got to have Ator cut down like 100 dudes. Like, let's go, man. I mean, let's do this. You see, at least movies back then weren't trying to push certain agendas. I'll give Badge Lock movies that. Well, see, that's the thing. We wanted Badge Lock. 
We wanted some good old-fashioned schlockums. But when they can't even satisfy you on the bad schlock scale, this movie needs to go fuck itself. <laughs> it's like, you know, hey, now I now I see why the movie's got a 3.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Again, when I meet these movies and their own low-budget terms, you still got to entertain me. You still got to entertain the audience. And when you're just, just meandering around, fetch quests, no action, barely anything. And then at the end, you don't give us a, a cool in finale fight or sat or satisfaction. And then you end it with some arts and farts. It's like, no, no. <laughs> For all the people out there that think Red Sonia is one of the worst movies they've ever seen, right? All you people out there, Red Sonia makes Iron Warrior look like Citizen Kane. Okay. <laughs> It makes Iron Warrior Red Sonia. Yeah, yeah. I think I said that backwards. I'm like, I'm like annoyed now. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> I'm so annoyed talking about this goddamn movie. Fuck Iron Warrior. Fuck Iron Warrior. This piece of shit. Wasting the audience's time. God damn it. Future filmmakers that are watching right now. All right. Don't waste the audience's time. All right. Even if you're making a slow burn movie. All right, don't waste our time. Yes, I think I, I was so. I think I said that backwards. <laughs> it makes Red Sonia look like Citizen Kane. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> I want Red Sonia too on 4K. I still don't know why Red Sonia is on 4K, but for some reason, Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer is not in 4K. That's weird. That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, so fuck Iron Warrior. Seriously. All right. Enough of that. Man, Iron Warrior makes me want to watch. Iron Warrior makes me want to buy Street Hunter in 4K. That's how bad Iron Warrior is. I dare you. I dare everybody watching right now. I dare you to watch Iron Warrior and get back to me and be like, Samurai guy, you was tripping. Iron Warrior was the fucking shit. That was amazing. I dare you. <laughs> it's on... Amazon, where did we watch Amazon Prime? It's on Amazon Prime. Yes. Uh, fuck. All right. Next movie. <laughs> uh, all right. This one was kind of kind of kind of random. I was just like, eh, I'll check it out. And what's so interesting about this movie was all I know that it had a Dylan in it. It's got a Dylan in it. I'm like, oh yeah, I know that Dylan. <laughs> so I like that Dylan. All right. Let me uh check out the movie with the Dylan in it. So I checked out for the first time 1983's Rumblefish. Oh, hold on. Ooh, let me get get that because copyright. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Now, here's what blew my mind. When this movie started. I was basically kind of like not really paying attention. I was, I was looking down when they were doing the credits and stuff because I was I had to grab something. And then I think I was looking for the remote or something. And then I, the first scene starts <laughs> and you see a guy in a suit walking, right? He goes into this little diner and then this nothing amazing happens in this scene, but the cast was like blowing my mind. So the guy walking in the diner <laughs> was Lawrence Fishburne, 
I knew Dylan was in it because it was a Dylan movie, right? And then uh, out of frame, he comes into frame. Nicholas Cage is like part of Dylan's group. Then the camera pans a little bit to the right. Chris Penn is there, part of Dylan's group. And then the camera goes to the left to see the guy who owns the diner. And it's Tom Waits. I was like, holy shit, dude, this movie. I was like, wow, holy shit. I was like, it was crazy, man. So here, here's what's insane is that Francis Ford Coppola did this movie and The Outsiders, and they both were released the same year. And Diane Lane, who was also in The Outsiders, was in this movie as well. And it was just really interesting and fascinating how he did both of these movies, kind of kind of set in a similar period. And it was just really interesting. Was, well, the reason why there's a little similar similarity to both of them is that I guess both movie properties are based off of both novels done by the same author. So that's why they're here. But yeah, let's let's talk about uh Rumble Fish here. All right. So an absent-minded street thug, Rusty James, struggles to live up to his legendary older brother's reputation and longs for the days of gang warfare. Yes. So basically, the whole movie, you know, Mickey Rourke, uh, again, there's so many people. If you look closely, you'll see Josh Brolin in the background. There's so many people. Dennis Hopper plays their, their drunken dad. <laughs> so many people in this movie. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, but we got Dylan here, and you know he's he his brother's his hero. So his brother was like the 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 head street gang leader, ran all the gangs, kept everybody in line. He was a legend. Then he ended up going to prison. Well, the movie kind of starts with him getting out of prison and meeting up with his brother. But something is off and different about Mickey Rourke's character. And I think they call him, uh, what do they call him here? They call him the Motorcycle Boy. That's kind of like his nickname because he had an article about with him and bikes in the newspaper and stuff like that. But yeah, Diane Lane, Vincent Spano, Nicholas Carge, William Smith. You probably know who that guy is. They, Tom Waits, I already mentioned him earlier. I didn't even know Sofia Coppola, Coppola was in that. I missed that one. Oh my God, she was the younger sister. Oh my God. I was, I thought I was like Diane Lane's younger sister in here. I thought she looked familiar. <laughs> I was like, who is that? Why does that little girl look familiar? Oh, that's why. Sophia Coppola. All right. So right off the bat, this, the positives that I have to say about this film is it is goddamn gorgeous. And it just perfectly landed on Diane Lane, as I said that right there. But the cinematography uh is so good in here there's there's dennis hopper playing a drunk dad that you get some amazing cinema amazing cinematography you get a great opening and i kind of my expectations were kind of by the end of the by the time i end you know i ended the film or got to the end of it i was like okay this movie didn't turn out to what i thought it was going to be because it seemed like it was going to be another type wanderers the outsiders the warriors type of gang movie because you get this nice pretty cool fun little fight with dylan and um his group against uh, another gang leaders group and then motorcycle boy shows up uh it was pretty cool there was some cool camera angles and it, i was i thought the rest of the movie was going to be like that but that's really the only fight you get in the movie it's not that kind of film but uh yeah solid performances really great acting and 
uh, again, cinematography is great, but you get these really interesting visuals. Look at Nicolas Cage over there. <laughs> I think Chris Penn. And what's funny, this this actor right here end, ended up being in another movie that uh, that's on this list that I'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, but this is what I thought the kind the, that this movie was going to be. It was going to be Greasers, you know, gang fight movie. But it, that's not what this movie is. Uh, but yeah, crazy visuals, crazy visuals, especially with some of the camera angles and stuff. So you have for I'll give you an example. So you have uh, the scene where um, Dylan gets knocked out. They get mugged. So Dylan gets knocked out over his, you know, over his head. He gets hit over his head with a crowbar. So Dylan's like out. And what? And then his buddy's getting his, the shit kicked out of him on the side. They're trying to mug him. Right when he's knocked out, the camera shifts and you see the spirit of Dylan rise up, keep floating. It keeps going. <laughs> And then he keeps going, and then you follow Dylan's spirit kind of <laughs> floating through the air, coming across Diane Lane crying at her house because they get a breakup. You know, then he goes, floats by his buddies in high school. <laughs> There's a lot of dream, very interesting, like surprising. I wasn't expecting it. Visuals in the film. And it was very, a lot of dream, very dreamlike sequences here. And, um, yeah, that was the, there. She is. Oh my goodness! I thought she looked familiar. Uh, but the whole movie. My problem with this movie, even though I really enjoyed it for what it was, my problem with this movie is, you know, samurai guy. I have no issue was no issues at all with slow burn. But the problem is, is it kind of seems like this movie just kind of keeps meandering. Like, okay, we get it, we get it. Dylan's character is lost. He needs guidance. He wants to be like his brother. His brother doesn't want to be, doesn't want him to be like him. And he's stuck in this town. He he, he wishes for the old days where there was nothing but gang fights all the time. And he just, he's lost. He doesn't know what to do. He got kicked out of school. He lost his girlfriend. His father's an alcoholic. He needs guidance. Okay, we got that. We got that like halfway through the film. But then the movie keeps going. And you kind of wonder, like, okay, all right, where are we going to, is this going somewhere? And the same thing with the motorcycle boy, Mickey Rourke's character. You could tell, early on in the movie, you can tell um, there's something wrong with him. Like, he's not all there. Something, he's like off for the rest of the film. And it kind of goes somewhere in the finale, but just throughout the movie, I don't know. I just feel like you can get, you could have got there a lot quicker. <laughs> or maybe in the book, uh, the character development between both of the brothers were was a lot better and fleshed out. You know, maybe they in the book they showed what kind of man he was, and they showed more in his head what his thoughts were and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's my only problem is is just we're just we're still just hanging out, like just not really much is happening here. And the cop here, it was interesting. He, uh, he's like, he's got all you young, he's got all you younglings fooled. You guys worship and you, you worship and adore this guy, motorcycle boy. But I know he's a fucking psycho. He's fucking crazy, but you guys don't know. And I'm just waiting for him to slip up and making a mistake. And then he's mine. So again, we know his motivation. All right. But the movie doesn't spend 45 minutes of the cop 
kind of really not doing anything. Um, uh, but again, a lot of meandering, a lot of nothing really happening. This is the scene where he gets mugged and has the out-of-body experience. But just beautiful, I'm telling you, beautiful cinematography, camera angles. Uh, let's see. And, it, and this character here, this character's introduced. She's got a thing for a motorcycle boy. She's obsessed with him. But he doesn't really want anything to do with her because she's a she's you know she's dealing she has a heroin addiction, um, but you just kind of see her character again later and then that's it. So I was kind of like, okay, you introduced a character and it her it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So to to make a long story short, this he's obsessed with this pet store, and he wants to go in there and free the Rumble Fish. So the whole movie's in black and white because uh, Mickey Rourke's character is colorblind. When he goes inside the pet store, uh, only the uh, rumble fish inside are uh, have color on them. And it was pretty cool. It was a pretty be beautiful visual to look at. And at this point, <laughs> sorry, if you want to see more of that, you're going to have to watch the movie. But at this point, uh, see, this is what I was talking about early in the film. There's this sequence here where they're talking about him in the back. And he seems like he's kind of out of his mind. And this was like the first 15 to 20 minutes. And then it just really didn't go anywhere throughout the entire film until the very end. But that may have been on purpose. There you go, old Tom Waits uh, over there right now. Um, but um, let's get back to uh, the rumble fish here. There you go. Because now at this point, uh, Dylan's character is like, all right, has my brother lost his mind? And he asked him, he asked him, you know, he's like, so what's up with this rumble fish? Why are you obsessed with this, all this rumble fish, man? Hey, hey, let's get out of here, man. Let's hang out late at night, man. Let's go, let's get some babes. You know what I'm saying? Let's get some booze. You know, what are you doing in here, man? You scared me, man. Hey, what are you doing? Right. So he comes in here, he starts talking to a uh, motorcycle boy and, and he's asking why there's separations in the, the glass case here. And he's explaining to them that the rumblefish are constantly trying to kill each other. That's why they have to be separated. And he, he even showed up a, a light a reflection on the tank. And the fish would see the reflection and they would go off the, re the reflection. And then Motorcycle Boy says, I want to free the fish. I want to free the fish. Well, that's my Mickey Rourke voice now. But in the movie, he's, I want to free the fish. I don't know why my vo my voice is so light and so high in this movie, but this is how I sound in the movie. All I want to do is free the fish. I want to free the fish. Right? So he basically tells them he wants to take them down to the river, which is not too far from the pet shop, and then free them from their... Here's the metaphors. Free them from their environment. There will be no more violence. There will be no more killing. So there's a whole metaphor here. And I, this is what Francis Ford Coppola was going for. Let's see if they show. Here's the out-of-body experience uh, Dylan has here. I'm trying to see if that. Now, here's this scene right here. Again, going off of the metaphors of the film, the cops show up. I won't tell you what happens at the end, but the cops show up at the end. They grab Dylan. They bring him over to the car. Remember, the movie's still in black and white. When Dylan turns and sees himself in the, sees his own reflection, there's color. And then he immediately starts hammering his reflection. You know, again, uh, there's, there's the metaphors that Coppola was trying to, uh, show there. Um, uh, but yeah, it's about escape, getting out of your environment, getting out of your situation, 
and becoming a, a better man. And if you're if you're expecting over the top Nicolas Cage, you're not going to get that in this movie. <laughs> I don't know if that's due to Nicolas Cage or if that's just the dialogue they gave him. The, the dialogue they gave him wasn't much to work with. Uh, but he's like, yeah, I'm Nicolas Cage, and uh, I'm going to steal your girlfriend. I'm going to Diane Lane's going to be mine. Yes. Uh, but yeah, let's see if there's any more photos here. There's a, there's a shot, an other out of the body experience shot, and now he's over the pool table now. Uh, but very interesting, very very stylistic, very interesting, and uh, I definitely recommend uh, Rumble Fish. Now that you know what kind of movie it is, and now that you know it's not a fight movie, which I thought it was, it's not an action movie. Uh, but it, this movie bombed. It bombed hard. And um, Ford Coppola, they asked him, what, what kind of movie is this? Why did you make this and what kind of movie is it? And Ford said that, um, Francis said that he was trying to make an, an art house film for teenagers. So when you watch the movie, think about that. But at the same time, it was a mature rated movie. So no teenagers are going to see the movie anyway. <laughs> so it's kind of like, Coppola, what, what are you doing here, Coppola? What are you doing here? Uh, it's all right. He's a master. But yeah, uh, very, very interesting movie. I feel that Rumblefish is <laughs> Lego getting a lot of love. <laughs> I know. There's nothing I can do about that. Um, yeah, check it out. I, I definitely recommend it. What's up, Sergey? How you doing, brother? Um, I feel that Rumblefish will be a grower. I feel like the more you watch the movie, the more you'll probably uh, pick up things the first time you didn't pick up. And you'll have more of appreciation for it the more you watch it. Uh, but yeah, uh, very interesting. I did enjoy it. Um, but uh, again, I was just kind of like, where are we going, movie? Movie? Where Where are we going? You know what I mean? But Bobby Reynolds, thanks again for the super chat. Have you seen The Janitor? Oh, is that the one with Ron Perlman? No, that, no I'm thinking about the movie that Ron Perlman made this year. The Janitor. Let me uh, Let me see if I can look it up. That doesn't sound familiar, but let me try to find it. Hold on. <clears throat> I was thinking about that Ron Perlman movie that came out. 2021? There's a janitor. Let me see. No, I don't think I've seen this one. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Fukami, a janitor at high school whose true identity is a professional assassin raised by Majima, who killed his father, fights nine assassins to save Majima's daughter. What? Oh shit! It's on the Haya channel. Oh shit! Well, now I gotta find. I gotta go watch it on Haya now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I'm recognizing. Hold on. I'm seeing the photos now. Yes, I did see this. Okay, <laughs> because it has the babies, baby assassins in it that aren't the baby assassins yet until they get their own movie called Baby Assassins, and now we're gonna get a sequel called baby assassins no i saw this yeah this was entertaining yeah this was entertaining i enjoyed uh uh the janitor i don't know sometimes called a janitor yeah yeah I, I thought it was i thought it was good i enjoyed it i enjoyed it all right so this one me and lady fat blood had a lot of fun watching finally got around to this one and i'm i'm really starting to feel that this movie seven psychopaths is kind of a hidden gem and underrated because we had a lot of fun with this one. This was a blind buy 
on Blu-ray. I literally bought it because it was cheap. And I looked at the cast and I just, I literally bought it only for the cast. Uh, but this is directed by Martin <coughs> McDonough. And <laughs> the um, 2012 is when this came out. The plot synopsis is a, hold on, let me blow it up a little bit more. There, there you go. Uh, a struggling screenwriter inadvertently becomes entangled in the Los Angeles criminal underworld after his oddball friends kidnap a gangster's beloved Shih Tzu. <laughs> so this movie screams dark comedy. This is actually pretty violent. There's some really great violence and great gore effects in this film. It's not a bust a, you know, bust a gut type of comedy. I wish there was more of that in the film, but there's definitely some hilarious moments, but it's more more dark comedy than anything else. But look at this cast. I mean, Colin Farrell, Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, Christopher Walken. Uh, let's see who else we got here. I think that was all I needed to buy it. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton, <laughs> uh, Abby Cornish. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, this movie, oh my God. It was it was it was a lot of fun, but it's dark. It, it gets pretty bleak at points. Like I was surprised, but you got Walken's character here, who robs he kid he him and some Sam Rockwell kidnap dogs, and then they sell them back to uh, you know they only kidnap dogs to people that have a lot of money, and then they uh, they they claim oh I found your dog, and then they <laughs> drop the dog back off. And they get paid. That's basically their character. But Sam Rockwell is is fucking insane in this movie. He is insane, delightfully insane. Um, but this scene here, I will not spoil it. This scene in the cemetery is my favorite part of this movie, and we could not stop laughing hysterically <laughs> at what's going on. Um, uh, but yeah, uh a lot of fun characters, but you know, Colin Farrell's character is a struggling writer, and he's trying to write this screenplay called The The Seven Psychopaths. And his buddy, Sam Rockwell, is kind of helping him write it. And then things escalate. So he ends up putting, he's like, don't get mad at me, he tells Colin. He's like, don't get mad at me. I, I put in the I put in the, in the ad in the paper. If you got any crazy psychopathic stories, or you or you are or you are one, <laughs> you have stories for us, call this number. And he, and he, Colin's like, Why'd you do that? And Sam's like, well, hey, you need stories, you know, let's do it. Of course, the movie, in a way, the only thing I'll spoil is it kind of at some, some points becomes a movie within a movie. Um, but it is a lot of fun. You got Olga there. She's got a small part. Uh, this is more, this looks like more behind the scenes uh, features. Than it. But they, there you go. He returns. Tom Waits. Tom Waits returns. His story, his background story is great um, and hilarious. Uh, but <laughs> dude, I'm serious. Seriously. I highly, highly recommend. Oh man, this scene, this was a rough scene right here. I won't spoil anything, but, um, I think that this is behind the scenes stuff here. I was trying to see if they had more options, and, uh, but I'll stop it here. If that's all we get, it's just behind the scenes. Okay. But yeah, seven psychopaths is a is a i highly recommend you guys watch this it's hilarious it's dark really violent <laughs> there's an assassin that's going around killing criminals 
He has his little like uh, he has his little playing cards. That's his little trademark he throws down there. I won't tell you who it is. Uh, have fun when you watch the movie guessing who it is. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Woody Harrelson's character is the owner of the Shih Tzu, so he's trying to get it back by any means necessary. Uh, but yeah, I feel this is an underrated dark action comedy. Like this, <laughs> oh, I'm seeing these posters here. Oh my god. Yeah, this this is a must-watch if you guys have not seen it. And I'm kind of surprised uh, more people aren't talking about Seven Psychopaths. But yeah, and it needed more cowbell. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I have said skills. It's John, if John Wick uh, was in a gang. Hey, we got a fan. All right, all right. Oh, all right, we have more fans. Nice, nice, nice. I thought I was the only one. But yeah, uh, if you have not seen Seven Psychopaths, everybody that's watching right now, check it out. It's it's uh, it's good stuff, man. And there was a there's a there was a meme that was out for a while with Christopher Walken dialogue. Um, now I know that it's from this movie now. <laughs> so, oh man, but yeah, really entertaining, really entertaining. Now we're gonna switch gears. So those of you that have just arrived, the films that I just watched recently is Street Hunter, which uh, I'm going to give it that. I'm going to be nice because I love Steve James. Iron Warrior can go fuck itself. Uh, I'm going to give two thumbs up for Rumblefish and uh, two thumbs up, of course, way up for Seven Psychopaths. Now I'm going to. Oh, interesting. Mm, That's an interesting versus idea. Now we're gonna switch gears. You're gonna you're not gonna expect this one. You're gonna be like, Samurai guy, what the hell are you doing watching this movie? <laughs> I'll tell you why. So uh we were sitting down Saturday and we were like, hey, let's watch some movies. There's nothing on, you know, the streaming services we were looking at. There was nothing that looked interesting. So I was like, hey, let's you know, let's bust out some Blu-rays we haven't watched yet. So, you know, I I don't know why. Now, when you think of Samurai guys, family movie viewing moments throughout my life when I was young. Rocky three makes sense. Whole family gathering around to watch Rocky three, Rocky four, <laughs> Rocky, right? Um, let's see. What was the other one? Uh, some of the religious movies, right? Like uh, Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur is still amazing. Um, what else did we watch? The Ten Commandments, right? So some of that, some of that makes sense. Why the man from Snowy River? for some reason, became a family favorite, and we would always sit around and watch it when it would come on TV. <laughs> it's so weird. I guess, in a way, my parents really loved Westerns, which I love Westerns now. I'm just I'm just like them now, uh, which is awesome. Uh, but, you know, they, they love Westerns. So maybe that's what made them click it on, and we started watching it, and then we ended up really enjoying that movie. So we popped. I haven't seen it. I've had the Blu-ray forever. And I've never seen the man from Snowy River in, in widescreen. And I and if I said in the past that, hey, look, George Miller, Mad Max director, did this, it's actually a different George Miller. There, there's more than one George Miller in Australia, apparently. <laughs> so it's a different, so it's not Mad Max Fury Road, <laughs> George Miller <laughs> that did the man from Snowy River. Uh, but I don't know. You know, they they love Kurt, uh Kurt Douglas. He was in that movie playing two roles. He's playing dual roles in that movie. Hold on a second. Uh, oh, yeah. 
All right. Samurai Warriors grew up on Westerns. Look at that. Yeah. Say same here. Uh, my dad was a Western fan. So man from Snowy River was a regular NR. Oh, well, look at that. Look at that. Yeah. Check that out. How cool is that? Yeah. Um, but um, we watched that first. And I'm like, man, this is kind of technically the first time I'm seeing this widescreen. Because back in the old days growing up, it was just on TV. That was full screen. That was all we could do. So it was cool watching it widescreen for the for the first time. And the 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 theme song from Man from the Snowy River, the theme song is great. Right? Theme song is great. And there's some good music throughout that film. But if you listen to the soundtrack again, 65% of it sounds like sitcom theme song music. <laughs> it's weird. I can't explain it. But if you listen, you're going to think of like, you know, family ties or something. Like it's weird. Like there's these moments throughout the, the, the soundtrack's pretty good throughout the movie. And then there's this like weird sitcom family ties type of music that you just think of sitcoms. It's weird. But uh, Kurt, Rug Kurt uh, Douglas was great uh, playing dual roles. Uh, but it was fun revisiting that, being nostalgic, going back uh, down memory lane, and been years. So after we watched that, oh, Lady Fabla thought it was very cringeworthy with the eye, with the the black stallion's eyeball, like dun, 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 a scene from the movie. And from those of you that have seen that movie, I don't know why. Even when I was young, when the stallion was like mad dogging. Uh, the, the, our, our protagonist in that movie with the eyeball, like, just like, yeah, motherfucker. I don't know why we always laughed at that, but when Lady Fabulous seen it for the first time, she was like, oh, that was bad. I was like, yeah, that was kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hilarious. You gotta watch the movie. You gotta watch the movie to see that scene. But yeah, still really enjoyed it. Nostalgic for it. I haven't watched it in, in, a, in so long. And the, the end horse chase sequence is still the best part. There's some great store, uh, horse stunts at the end of that movie. I was like, holy shit. Um, yeah, great, great, great stuff. So after that, we had a, we kind of had a, a black stallion, right? That was a, a black horse. That was a, a, the, the, the antagonist of <laughs> Man from Snowy River in a way. Oh, by the way, Return to Snowy River, hard to find. On, I, don't even, I don't even know if it came out on DVD. There's no Blu-ray release. I checked all countries. There's no Blu-ray release. The only way you can watch Return to Snowy River is on Amazon Prime. So I might have to just buy it digitally. I might have no choice. But that needs a remaster. But um, my, you know, my wife used to ride horses. She used to ride horses. Picture Lady Fab Blood riding a horse holding an axe. I want you guys to picture that. <laughs> okay? But she used to... <laughs> She used to ride horses and she loves horses. And um, her mom still has some horses. Uh, they don't ride anymore. But uh, she was like, well, uh, you want to keep it horse movie related? And I'm like, uh, well, what do you got in mind? I don't mind. We're just chilling, hanging out. She, her nostalgic film, I showed her mine, The Man from Snowy River. And now she's showing her hers, The Black Stallion, 1979. A movie she grew up with, and, and its sequel. We watched it right after that. <laughs> so she had the old crusty DVDs, and um, I think those might be on Blu-ray. I'm not sure. It might be a Criterion release for Black Stallion. But I've actually never seen the Black Stallion movies, and I remember 
images of a kid on top of a horse riding uh, riding the horse on the on the beach when I was young. That's the only thing I remember kind of seeing on TV. Uh, so I was like, yeah, sure, why not? I've never seen the movie. It's it's horse it's horse movie Saturday. <laughs> it just turned into that. What's up, Robert? How you doing, brother? How you doing, man? Hey, you doing some OT work? Oh shit, yeah, man, get that money, man, get that money, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so let's talk about it. I'll give you my quick thoughts on both films here. We'll start first with uh, uh, 1979's The Black Stallion. And all I got to say is they were very smart in picking a kid that was a fucking gangster with horses. Because <laughs> I'm what, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Uh, was it? Uh, oh, look at that! Oh, wow! Look at that! <laughs> oh, I'll tell her. I'll have to tell her, lady, that you're a fan. I'll tell you. Um, but they they were smart because when I when I was when I was watching this movie, and the kid finally, you know, he's trying to ride the horse on the beach. Right? No, there's nothing to hold the horse. He's like literally just grabbing the horse by his hair to hold on and try to ride him he gets bucked off you see the child get bucked off several times and land on the ground and i was like that's really that's really the kid and come i was like really impressed by it and then come to find out lady fat told me that they didn't cast an actor a young child actor they knew they knew for this to be an authentic experience they needed to get a child that knew how to ride horses that was a straight gangster with horses so I was like really impressed with this kid. And the acting in the movie was fine. He acted like a child. Like he, he was fine. But he wasn't annoying. I didn't want him to die or anything like that. But uh, yeah, 1979, directed by Carol Ballard. Plot synopsis. After being shipwrecked with a magnificent horse off the coast of Africa in the 1940s, a boy bonds with the stallion and trains him to race after their rescue. Yes. And you got uh, Terry Garr plays the mother. You got Mickey Rooney in this. But yeah, Kelly Reno is the is the the badass kid plays Alec Ramsey. Um, and he's a straight up gangster with these horses, man. He is a horse whisperer, like liter literally. But yeah, the this was a very entertaining movie. It's a very it was it's very slow. It takes a while to get going, but I was so interested on what was going to happen that I didn't mind it at all. Uh, but you see right there, he's just grabbing the hair. He's a straight-up gangster, this kid, man. He's just grabbing the hair. He's like, I don't need shit. I don't need a saddle. I don't need nothing. I'm just going to get on the horse and ride him like a G. I was, like, really impressed with this kid. Uh, oh, spoilers. There's a spoiler photo there. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's kind of it's kind of fucked up, the beginning, where uh, the... You know, him and his dad are on this like ship, and uh, you get a little introduction to the to the father, and a uh, little father and son moment. But this is where everything hits the fan. It's just fire, chaos, and you don't really know exactly what happened to the ship. Maybe in the book they say if the ship hit something or something happened wrong with the engines, but it was complete chaos. Uh, the beginning of the film and the father. You know, he's just concerned about his son. He loves his son. He's trying to get him to safety. And um, he ends up, he tells his son to hold on to the railing over here. And he's like, I want to go up there and help them. 
but unfortunately he shouldn't have did that because he they ended up getting separated the uh, the horse gets free jumps over because the horse was brought up on the ship he gets free he jumps over and then uh, the water washes uh kelly over and uh the horse they kind of they kind of rescued each other in a way he kind of rescues the horse he sets him free uh later on the beach but the horse actually gets him to the beach and they slowly bond over time you know and uh, they end up becoming friends and uh, he ends up getting found. <laughs> There's uh, the mother there. He ends up getting found and brought back. But, you know, he's the horse is like outside the backyard, <laughs> like just chilling. <laughs> um, uh, but I got to say, this character, this little kid was badass because the kid, this character was like, you know, I'm sure if I was here by myself, I probably would just end up just dying. But this kid was very resourceful and uh, had survival instincts and was eating algae and hunting fish and this little this little kid character is a little badass man you know and then he he bonds with the horse yes um the horse escapes one day from his house and uh um, mickey rooney finds him he ends up uh look at that great look at that great cinematography at the end there really great race at the end and uh kind of takes him in and uh mickey rooney his character was used to be a writer and he's just kind of trying to find his way and uh, convinces him to ride uh, black uh, in the race at the end. And they and they end up bonding. But yeah, overall, it's very, it's very slow at first, but I didn't have any issues with it. But overall, uh, very, very, very well done, very entertaining movie. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. But yeah, the kid's a straight... Uh, a straight G, man. The Black Stallion. Yeah. Very well done. Very well done. Now, The Black Stallion returns 1983. Let me see if that pull up. Oh, that did not pop, pull up. Hold on. Let me bring up uh, the next one. <laughs> it's, it's, it's IMDb. Legos, the, the Lego company must be paying IMDb a lot of money. Because <laughs> every any any random movie you go to the photo section, it's always Legos in between. Let's see. Uh, the match at the end is literally filmed so beautiful. Yes, 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 yes. It's a slow burn. It becomes an inferno. Yes. Pazuzu, what's going on? Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's go, Lego sponsor. Let's do it. I'm giving you guys free advertisement. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, now it's a uh, black stallion returns based off uh, the book. Just like the first movie. Apparently there's a lot of black stallion movies out there. There's a lot. And it's crazy. Cause the, the, there's, there's so many horse movies that were made. There's like 5 billion horse movies that are made. That it's literally its own genre. You could create a YouTube channel and just review horse movies. <laughs> All right, here we go. A teenager loses his horse in Morocco and gets him back after various daredevil adventures. Directed by Robert Dalva, Terry Gar, Terry, and there's Vincent Spano from Rumblefish. And Woody Strode, yeah, the badass. This guy's great. Every time this guy shows up in a movie, 
you may know him from Spartacus and some Westerns. Uh, but every time this guy shows up in a movie, man, I smile. I can't help it. He's he's so good. Um, but there's Kelly is back, and he's a same actor, Alec Ramsey, and he's older now, hitting puberty there a little bit throughout the movie. His voice gets deep, then it goes back to, uh, you know, he's he's growing up. Uh, but yeah, so in the first film, uh, the black was being brought to uh, out here. Let me see if I can find the original owners want him back, and it's for a special race. So you have that going storyline going on with these guys that have beef with the original owners, and they're trying to sabotage. But I'm telling you, this kid is gangster, man. The way he rides his horse, I mean, Jesus Christ. But if you thought the first films, up oh, spoilers. If you thought the first, look at that great shot. Look at look at black showing off. Uh, if you thought the the end race in the first uh, movie was was intense, uh, the 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 this went straight like there's a lot there's there's not really a slow burn in this time around. There's there's gunfire. There's car chases. <laughs> there's a lot more action in this movie compared to the first one. Uh, but yeah, this is the same actor with the bad blonde wig. And the goofy glasses in Rumblefish. And I was tripping out when I found out that was him. But yeah, great poster. Don't you miss posters like this? Interesting posters, man. Ugh. Um, let's see if there's any other photos here. That might be the end of it. But yeah, my, despite uh, this, still there he is. There's the legend there. Michael. Uh, despite uh, this being, oh, this must be ridiculous. I think this Blu-ray here is ridiculously expensive. Anything Twilight Time is expensive because I think Twilight Time they only make a limited amount of copies. Um, but I think the first Black Stallion is on Criterion, so we're gonna at some point gonna have to upgrade from those old crusty DVDs. But the Twilight Time, fuck that. Well, we'll just have to wait till there's another Black Stallion Returns Blu-ray release. Because the price for it is pretty, it's pretty up there. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the ending too. But yeah, uh, definitely more action, more entertaining, more characters, a lot more. What you, what you, what you want out of your sequel? Uh, my only, my only nitpick is that you kind of have to suspend your disbelief a little bit in this one. Hey, what's up? Oh, Jax, what's going on, Jax? You're done with jury duty. Did you get picked? Or did you get out of it? Well, I guess you said you're done. So you got out of it. All right. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. You have you have done your due diligence to serve. So now you can tell them to fuck off for a while. <laughs> oh, I would love a Lego of Samurai. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> uh, I'll always watch movies with horses. Uh, is it what if you go to watch Rambo 4 in the theater instead of showing the movie? It showed a text. Sorry, this movie has been canceled for its delayed between. <laughs> oh, god, well, that would be horrible. Uh, but yeah, uh, overall, a very entertaining sequel. Enjoyed the Black Stallion Returns. Um, you just have to suspend your disbelief a little bit because <laughs> there were so many times the kid probably should have died and. And I, anytime when you, if you watch that movie, just think about this. Anytime the kid's getting shot at, captured, chased down, run over, anytime that's happening, stop, 
pause the movie and then think to yourself, what's the mother doing right now at this point? <laughs> I was always joking around with Lady Fabblood. I was like, he's getting shot at. And he's almost dying. He's getting, he's like rarely escaping. Just cut back to the mom, like doing her nails at home. I'm sure my son's fine. <laughs> he's out there having adventures. It's all right. Let me, let me sit down and listen to the radio. <laughs> like I said, you gotta, you gotta suspend your disbelief just a little bit, just a little bit, but you can still have fun with it. Oh, it's on Tubi. Oh, all right. Well, that's cool. Awesome. Let's see. Uh, I also spent way too much money at Spirit. Well, it's t- it's the it's the time. Tis it is the season, Jax. That's right. We've already started too in the house. We like getting moving stuff and boxing stuff up so we can bring in the Halloween decorations, baby. Yeah, yeah. So we can do that. <laughs> it was John Wick before John Wick. <laughs> All right, we're keep, we're keeping it random and all over the place. I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves and having fun here. So we are done with the Black Stallion. Now we are talking anime now. Yes. And I wanted to do an off-the-shelf review for this Blu-ray I bought. Um, but I, it, the, the movie got so farther away from me. So I was like, I can't really do a great review for it. But here I could just give you my quick thoughts on it. And it was random. I was just sitting down watching the Happy Console Gamer. I'm sure you guys know who that guy is. And it was just random. I was just clicking on one of his episodes. And he's a big anime guy. And all of a sudden, he recommends this movie that came out in 1986 called Audion. Yes, it's called Audion. So I was like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to blind buy Audion. And I'm going to check it out. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Audion here. And I will try not to show... Don't show any footage. Copyright. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. So, players, the plot synopsis. Arion begins with his journey to discover a world of poverty and horror. When ordinary people are barely surviving through the war, he falls in love with a blind slave girl who is then captured and imprisoned on top of Olympus by Apollo who dreams to rule the Titans. Now Arion must lead an army of ordinary people to fight against the three warlords, Zeus, Poseidon, and I believe this should be... uh, and Pluto. With help from a thief, a giant, and a wizard, a mysterious lion-masked man, and a flying dragon. So, yeah, this really, really entertained. I'm very, very happy I, I bought this. Uh, again, it was kind of a blind buy, but uh, the animation is great. So they, this is like this film is kind of like their own take on Greek mythology, right? So this doesn't follow the Greek mythology rules. Uh, but as a as a young boy, uh, Arion is kidnapped by Ares because he senses that there's, he's powerful and he's like wants to use him. Of course, that backfires. Um, but yeah, amazing animation, really great stuff uh, in this. Uh, wonderful music. Uh, makes you smile to see the old school classic style of animation. Uh, great uh, background artwork. Uh, you get some really fun action set pieces. Uh, this character here, I think this is Poseidon. Uh, he's rumored to be Arion's real father, but I won't spoil that until you watch the film. Uh, but yeah, a lot of great, 
great animation visuals and makes me miss 80s style of anime. I mean, look at that. Look at that. Oh, that King was fucking terrible, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, there's some good violence in here. A lot of entertaining stuff you guys will enjoy. Uh, but yeah, he's just, you know, good versus evil. It's not complicated. Uh, but uh, he, Adion tries to pit some of the the gods, even though they're not really gods. They're more rulers kind of against each other. And uh, some things happen that towards the end. It's very unexpected. But there's our, 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 our hashtag ragamuffins we got going on here on this adventure. But uh, it's interesting because I guess this was another rare, hard-to-find anime. Uh, it's not like you could just go anywhere and buy Audion on DVD and Blu-ray. I mean, I think I believe that's what Happy Console Gamer was saying. And that was one of the reasons why I just bought it on Blu-ray because he was like, oh, my God, for the first time, we get to hear it in its original language, subtitled, remastered. So he was, like, really excited. when, And it worked on me because I ended up uh, uh, blind buying it. But yeah, if this is especially if this is a rare, but yeah, you get some good action at the end. There's a, the the very finale feels very epic. A lot of great scenes, fun characters, memorable characters. I didn't find an English dub on, uh, but yeah, look at this. Look how beautiful this looks. And I, I didn't find an English dub on the Blu-ray. There might be an English dub there, but for the most part, it's in its for the first time in its original language and uh, subtitled. Uh, but yeah, let me kind of keep sneaking through this because there's a lot of photos. Oh my god, I didn't know that many photos. You notice all the photos for this for this movie and how many photos there were for Street Hunter and Iron Warrior. <laughs> I noticed a theme there. They said we don't give a fuck. We don't fuck these movies. We don't give a shit. Uh, but yeah, I, I miss this era of anime. It still holds up, and uh, just a beautiful movie. Not perfect, uh, not perfect. I mean, I would rank other action epics over this, but the finale, there's some great, great stuff in here for sure. But yeah, Audion, highly recommended. Good stuff. And fuck this King guy. <laughs> He's like terrible. <laughs> but yeah, very, very good. I enjoyed Audion. If you've seen it, uh, let me know what you guys thought about it. Yeah. So like I said, there's look. It looks dope. Yes, I heard about that. Yeah, if, that, if that's done right, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't mind a new uh, Kenshin series. There we go. We got uh, uh reminds me of uh, Saint Seiya style of animation. Jacks is our favorite old school anime, right? Jacks is something about mid to late nineties, early uh, mid mid to late eighties, early nineties. It's so good. I mean, there's great animation now too, but there's just something about it. That old school hand drawn, taking five thousand hours to do one cell. <laughs> you know, it's like, that reminds me of the trailer. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a little similar to that in a in, in a way, um, in terms of them doing what they want with the with their with the lore. So, Audion's probably a lot more entertaining though, but. 60 bucks the blu-ray is 60 dollars now that's not what i paid oh my god uh oh okay okay the stream can start nate dogs is here what's going on man good to see you <laughs> 
All right, now the last movie of the night. Here we go. I was like, all right, let's fucking do this shit. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. I've been hearing nothing but horse shit, horrible comments, horrible reviews, the worst ratings ever for this movie. And I'm like, you know what? We bought the box set. It's $43 now? That's still a lot. Jesus. So the the extremely rare movie that's now on Blu-ray is now becoming an extremely rare Blu-ray. <laughs> Cheers, uh, Eggshin. Cheers, man. Yikes. I don't know. I would just wait. You know, I don't don't pay that. That's, that's way too much money. I would wait till uh maybe they'll re-release it or something for a cheaper price. So all right. So I bought the box set. I still haven't I've only seen the first movie and I love the first film. And um, I've heard that this is one of the worst horror sequels ever made. I've heard people say that this movie is dog shit. I've heard people say that they should kill the filmmakers that made this movie. (laughs) They wished death on the cast and the director and all these people. I've heard it's an embarrassment. It's the the fucking worstest thing ever. And then, so I never watched it for years. Then there was this small voice. I started hearing these small little voices. No, I'm not going insane. I'm not going insane yet. When we get older, it'll happen. I'll start hearing voices. I'm hearing these small little whispers going around. And basically, I'm hearing them say, it's fucking dope. Don't listen to the critics. It's actually really entertaining. And I'm like, really? Who said that? Who said that? Maybe I am going crazy. So since this movie's in the box set, I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. So I told Lady Fat, let's do it. We're watching this movie. We're gonna do the we're gonna accept it. We're gonna give it a shot. We're gonna we're gonna give it the old good college try. We're gonna watch it. And so I am talking about, baby, the fly to electric boogaloo, son. Look at that. Five out of ten. Even on IMDb, they're like, fuck this movie. Five out of ten. Here we got uh Anthony Jordan. What's up, man? Not seen the fly to since I was in the middle of school. I'm 37 now. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's see, I liked. Oh, we got a fan here. I like the fly too because it's an anti-hero revenge movie. Exactly. So I'm again. We're sitting here expecting this to be what people have been saying for years that one of the worst horror movie sequels ever. And I'm like, okay, let's let's see how bad it is. And I'm just kind of like, we, me and Lady Febla, we kept looking at each other. And by the time we kept like throughout the movie, we just kept like, we kept looking at each other. While watching the movie, and then at the end, Lady Fatblood, I looked at her and I'm like, eh? And then Lady Fatblood said, the only crime this movie uh, is guilty of is that it exists and that it sequels one of the greatest horror remakes of all time. That's literally this movie's only crime. Other than that, this was a fucking kick-ass sci-fi creature feature horror movie, man. Like, the practical effects in this movie are amazing. You get some really great gory kills. I think this might be actually gorier than the first Fly movie. 
you get some hilarious moments that we couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't help laugh. I mean, seriously, yes, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, Lady Fatblood was she 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 nailed it. You're like, that's really this film's only crime. And if you want to really get nitpicky, the big, horrific, bombastic music horror mu- music score from uh what's his name? Spider-Man 3 guy. What's his name? Christopher, god damn it. What's his name? Christopher. Ah. I'm fine. I'm fine. I got to do this. I got to do this right. Christopher. Where is he? Christopher Young. So that's, if you want to be nitpicky, the score is big, horror, bombastic, you know, could be viewed as entertaining, right? The only bad thing about it is that it sounds like WCW version of Hellraiser. It sounds like discount Hellraiser theme song. So every time you hear the themes, the music in the fly too, you think, oh man, this is like some bootleg Hellraiser we got going on right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, let's see. Wow, it's been a while since I've seen Fly Two, but it was that it was good. And, uh, yeah. Like I'm I'm like <laughs> like I'm like confused. I was scratching scratching my head the whole movie. Even Sexy Sumo, I think he was one of the voices that was like, dude, like. You gotta watch Fly too, man. It's don't listen to the critics. Uh, Hellraiser music from Wish, yes, yes. All right, so back to uh, Hellraiser. I mean, uh, the Fly Two Electric Boogaloo. So Marty McFly himself, Eric Stoltz, is in this. Uh, Spaceballs own Daphne Zuniga plays Beth Logan, uh, and a lot of other familiar faces are also in there. It's Gary Chalk for all you. Transformers Beast Wars fans. He voiced uh, Optimus Primal, but he was an actor. He's been in a lot of things. But, <laughs> oh man, Let, let's see. If, hopefully, they have some photos here. We got to get to the photos here. So, you know, despite discount, you know, Hellraiser theme music, and despite this movie sequeling one of the greatest horror remakes uh, in history, we're watching this movie. That looks like a that looks like a deleted scene. And Stoltz, you know, it, the movie starts with a, a Gina Davis character's lookalike from the first movie giving birth. <laughs> and uh, what was his name from the first movie? Uh, the asshole guy with the beard, the mustache, who was trying to get Gina Davis, but uh, she she met up with the Goldblum, and that was it. Goldblum kind of stole her. Um, <laughs> he's still kind of hanging around. He's kind of to himself. He's called, he's all mentally fucked up because of the experience he had from the first film. But Gina Davis gives birth and we have our kind of half human, half mutant hybrid, uh, and our character here played by Stoltz. And he's a brilliant, he's, he's a young child, but he's growing rapidly. And they, you know, the, the, the company that's doing the experiments, on him. Well, not, he doesn't know they're doing experience, experiments on him, but they're watching him. They, they, you know, you know, they're for nefarious reasons, right? You know, oh man, he could heal so fast, and he, uh, we don't know what we can do with this kind of like uh, knowledge. It's one of those things, but they don't tell him that they're there for his own benefit. They're there for, hey, we're we want to help you help others, and uh, they they get end up giving him this shot every. Uh, I don't know if it was every day. Uh, but they end up giving this shot where 
uh, it supposedly lessens his his growth, his fast growth. But when you find out later, there it was all bullshit, and they were just injecting water into him. So I was expecting because the kid, let, let's be honest, with him as a kid was kind of a kind of a cocky asshole. And I was like, man, movie, don't make me root for you to kill <laughs> our protagonist here. But he's so smart. And his only, he's just smarter than everyone. He's smarter than the scientists. He's smarter than everyone. And he, his only friend, you know, they have lab experiments, pet, you know, pets around for, or animals around for lab experiments. So he ends up bonding with this dog as a child. And that's really his only friend. Uh, just remember that when we continue the story here. But what's so good about the story is, you know, minor spoilers. I might, I might get into spoilatory territory. Yeah, fuck it. You know, I'm going to get into some, some spoilers. Um, He's he's an adult now, a young man. So now they're like, hey, we're going to give you your own house. We still need you to help us figure out, you know, we still need to watch you and your condition. And, and we're still working on a cure for you. But we still want you to kind of help with this technology. So the technology his father, Brundle, created, they have uh, all the paperwork for that. So they're trying to duplicate that. So they want the son to figure it out because since he's such a fucking genius. So I thought this was going to be a, a, see the first fly, Jeff Goldblum fucked around and found out, right? I thought that's what this was going to be again. You know, um, Goldblum's character wanted to help other people, but at the same time, he still kind of wanted recognition. He still kind of wanted to be famous too. And I thought we were going to get that with this. We were going to get, a, it was going to be the same, same movie where, our lead fucks around and finds out just like his dad. But here's the crazy shit. This was not that kind of movie. He was being used this whole time. This guy did nothing wrong. And they were literally waiting and biding their time to see him eventually transform into the fly. So it was eventually going to be at some point he was going to turn into the fly. And they were literally, there's cameras all in through his house. He ends up getting with Spaceballs check. They fuck. There's cameras in the house. They see, they see it all. It's kind of fucked up, right? And I was like, holy shit. This guy did nothing wrong, but yet he's getting fucked over. Like, this is very unexpected. I was not expecting this at all. And so I'm watching this. And, you know, they're trying to, you know, him and Spaceballs girl, she cares about him. She worked in the same company. And they, they fell for each other. And, you know, they're at this point in the movie here, they're trying to get away. Um. And it's trying to find him help because he's slowly turning. He's slowly changing. They end up meeting with the, the the actor, the character from the first movie. With the he got his hand all fucked up. His hand still fucked up. His leg still fucked up. Uh, this time around, they gave him a really bad beard. <laughs> you could tell it was glued on. <laughs> but he's just crazy. He's like, "Why do you expect me to help you? Uh, you're just like your father." Uh, you know. And then the, he kind of ends up helping them in the end, kind of. Uh, but there's his, there's his dog friend here. Uh, they ended up bonding earlier, but later there he is. Look at that. Look at that beard. Look at that beard. You could see the glue. I mean, you could see the glue. I mean, <laughs> uh, but yeah, his, this, this guy, this guy's character and the guy acting as him is a little, little wonky, a little wonky. But, uh, yeah, the finale is amazing. And, they deserve it for what they did to the, what they did to the dog was fucked up, man. What they did to his dog, his best friend, was like really fucked up, and it was like it just 
just a mashed up mutant version of the dog just crawling just barely getting to his little bowl of 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 whatever the fuck bullshit food they were feeding him and he looks up and he starts howling and when adult version finds out about this because he was lied to the guy who runs the organization said oh we had to put the dog down you know so he he ended up going back in there and kind of putting the down putting the dog to rest uh, because it was like kind of fucking horrific and again look at the practical effects of the dog was like so good again the practical effects the makeup the creature effects were so amazing for this movie it was so well done like really surprised i mean look at this look at this i mean so good slow so good and there's oh look at look at this this, this thing moves this is real there's no cgi here i mean this is great great especially when you you see the eyeball kind of move around and while he looks towards the camera oh it's so good but yeah, definitely a little bit more action, a little bit more excitement for the finale. Uh, the movie's kind of off and on, which is being slow. But um, but yeah, there's some great kills in here. Really great gore. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. I love the design of this version of the fly. Uh, very well done. I would have to see, I would have to look at the fly from the first movie again to com to compare but it's still for this kind of movie, it was so well. There's the dog. Oh man, this was this was fucked up, man. Like it was really, really this wrong. This really wrong. Um, but yeah, it's him trying to find a cure, trying to find redemption. Well, not really redemption, because he didn't do anything wrong, but just kind of getting revenge in a way. At the end, it's like at this point, fuck it. Fuck it, you know. Uh, but oh, but this, <laughs> oh my god, this scene. Me and Lady Fabulous, I grabbed her arm because I couldn't stop laughing. So you have, you have, uh, <laughs> it was one of the scientist guys that you wanted to see die up close, right? And you, you just see the monster kind of come over him and it cuts to another scene. And you're like, oh no, you know, you want to see them, you want to see the scientists get head ripped off or whatever. And then I was like, oh well, oh well. And then the next scene is security, security guard walking towards a door. He opens a door, and then you see it's a staircase, right? You see that the fly is already on its way up the staircase, and he's holding the corpse of the dead scientist. And then, as soon as the as soon as the security guard open, you know, he's walking there. He's opened up the he opens up the door. He looks. The, the fly is holding the corpse of the of the of the of the sci, evil scientist, and then he just throws it right at the audience. Oh my God, it was amazing. He just throws it. And you just see this corpse like flying at the camera. And then the security guard like really quickly closes the door. It's fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing. Oh my God, dude. I couldn't stop laughing. I had to go back and rewind it several times. <laughs> but it was so good. It was so much fun. Oh my God. There's our there's our our, our antagonist right here. Oh my! Doesn't doesn't when you look at this guy's face, doesn't he remind you of the guy from Lethal Weapon Two? Diplomatic immunity has just been revoked. Kind of reminds me of that guy, facial wise. <laughs> look at this gore, amazing gore effects and kills in this movie. Again, it's all at the end, but it, the the movie, the finale rewards the audience. And um, like, look at look at this. Look at this. 
yeah, again, um, just absolutely ridiculously entertaining. And I was very surprised and pleasantly surprised by the Fly 2 electric boogaloo, man. Look at that. Look at that. Just great stuff. Really good stuff, man. Yeah. So again, oh god damn it. Don't I can't I can't look at the dog anymore. I can't do it. I can't look at the goddamn dog. <laughs> but there you go. Lose the one of my favorite shots in the movie. This is uh, this eyeball just moves around and looks towards the audience and it kind of moves around. And it's all just it's satisfying a sense of justice towards the end. Very satisfying uh ending to this movie, man. Yeah. Yeah, let's fucking go. The Fly 2, baby. Hey! Ho! What? That's right. The Fly scratched that sci-fi horror genre itch, baby. Yeah, yeah. I was very... I was surprised. Again, look, I looked at Lady Fabula and I was like, so, worse, one of the worst horror sequels in movie history, huh? And she looked at me and again, she said, "The it's only crime is being a sequel to one of the greatest horror remakes of all time. So yeah, if you have not seen The Fly, I Fly 2 Electric Boogaloo, you you got to you got to you got to check it out, man. I'm so happy we watched that. Let's see if the remake of The Fly wasn't so wildly popular, the sequel wouldn't have been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jax, have a good one. I'm just not catching up to the the comments here. I like the Fly 2 design. Let's see. It's how I personally feel about the remake of the Wolfman. Movie's biggest crime is the remake of the Wolfman. Yeah, there's a lot of fans of the the Wolfman movie for sure. There's a lot. It has its fans. Uh, <laughs> uh, there we go. We got some more badass Fly Two fans here. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Is it me or has there been a lot of sci-fi slash horror movies that well received by audience in terms of the Fly Two? Um, well, yeah, I mean, the audiences get it. It's just the critics don't. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's the end of fat hub, the new segment on our live Q and A's where we hang out, talk about all the recent movies I've seen, give my quick, quick thoughts on them. Yes. And now I have to go back and cause I just talked about so many. Hold on. Let me go back here. So for those of you that have just arrived, <laughs> all right. So I talked about Street Hunter, uh, one thumb up, one thumb down. Iron Warrior, two thumbs down. If I had four arms, four thumbs. Rumblefish, two thumbs up. Seven Psychopaths, two thumbs way up. The Black Stallion, two thumbs up. Black Stallion Returns, two thumbs up. Adion, two thumbs up. And The Fly 2, two thumbs way up. Yes. So yeah, next time we hang out like this and hang out and talk movies, this is my new segment now. Fat Hub. Because <laughs> there's just too many movies to do reviews on. You know, it would be forever. But uh, I cannot promise, but I'm kind of looking towards something horror-related for October. I've been trying to sneak... I've been trying to think of sneaking something in in the very last week of september that's not horror related something action related and then we're going to be doing all, pretty much a lot of horror content samurai guy is going to be doing 
reviews and stuff, live streams for October. So uh, let's see here. Is it me or has there been a lot of stuff? Well, hold on. you convinced me to buy the box set. If nothing else, just watch this one. Yeah. I mean, I think that I want to see the other movies in there. I've seen I've seen the original Fly and the Fly remake, but there's two more in there. Return of the Fly or Curse of the Fly or something like that. I haven't seen those. Those might be fun. But I think that I think that box set's not not that expensive, Anthony. See, I mean, I don't know what it is now, but it didn't seem like it was uh, expensive. You can find it at like Walmart and stuff. Uh, but yeah, don't forget, guys, all you badasses watching right now, if you're free tomorrow, Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time, join me and Don the Dragon Wilson. That's right. Hang out with us tomorrow. We're going to be premiering the trailer, the action thriller trailer for The Shepherd Code. That's right. With our boy, Alan Delabi, Silvio Simak. That's right. And Michael Morris will be hanging out with us tomorrow at 12 p.m. Pacific time. And hopefully, because the guy's a busy man, hopefully Don the Dragon Wilson will still be there. Uh, but yeah, make sure you join us tomorrow. I'm not ending the stream, but I just wanted to get that in while we had people who are still here. <laughs> the uh, Adion Deluxe. Oh, my God. $183 for the DVD. Jesus Christ. Oof. Oh, it's all good, brother. You can watch it later. <laughs> you can watch it later, man. Uh, Wicked Prayer. That's um, Edward Furlong, right? <laughs> Easy money. Oh, shit. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, that was pretty bad. There was a few moments of entertainment, but yeah. You know what's funny? I don't know why, again, it's nothing will beat the first Crow. And good luck with this remake. Uh, but nothing's going to beat that movie. Speaking of movies that need to be on 4K, the Crow needs to be on 4K. Um, but, uh, whatchamacallit, um, <laughs> very odd choice, huh? But um, whatchamacallit, you know, it's pretty unanimous, the, the third film and the fourth film, even though there were some things in the third film that actually were well done, but it's not like a great movie, but it's better than the fourth movie. But I don't know why The Crow 2 gets lumped into the bad sequel category. It's like, there's some good stuff in The Crow 2. It's like, yeah. Unfortunately, the original script and draft was like fucking amazing for the Crow 2. And then the studio fucked it all up. So yeah, there is that. Um, some people still to this day want a a real extended cut of that of that movie, but it's probably not gonna happen. But yeah, it's not it's not as good as the first, but it's no it's nowhere near Crow Three and Four. But people lump two in the in in two uh, in the three and fours category is like nah man <laughs> nah. <laughs> let's see i'm not the type to say no movie should ever be made but the crow is such a product of its time that remaking it you're really shooting yourself. <laughs> yeah i know i know yeah that's like i was saying um you know good luck that's all i'll say is good luck but the highlander remake same thing good luck you know hopefully they do it right you know it's hard to get you know, I already did my Highlander franchise rant a couple of live streams ago. 
So it's hard to get excited, even with Henry Cavill supposedly and Chad Stalski supposedly attached. That's still not enough for me to get excited for a Highlander remake. I need to see something. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Yeah, there's some good stuff in three. Yeah, there's it's, there's some good stuff in there. Let's see. Um, sequel that I think that is underrated because the original wasn't really well-received. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that, Nate Dogs, because we reviewed all of the Dracula movies and talked about them. Where were you during that live stream, man? Me and Lady Fablo's hanging out watching vampire movies. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, if nothing else, as long as they have great fight choreography, how they should be. See, that's a given, right? Like, that's a given. We know Cavill physically could do the sword fights. We know Chad Stalski probably going to give us some of the greatest sword fighting scenes in history but that wasn't highlander's issue over the years <laughs> do you remember the second one when they were from the planet zeist when they were aliens from the planet zeist and then they freaked out they're like oh this is fucking terrible let's come up with an extended version and new cut take that out and put some new shit in there it's been a mess it's like every movie he's supposed to be the one the, the only one and he's not the only one he's supposed to be he's supposed to be the only one and win and win the prize but yet no they're like no continuity fuck you fuck your continuity <laughs> let's see is that the jason scott lee series which which one are you talking about oh drama dracula yeah yeah we we had a lot of fun reviewing those recently Always get something you love on physical media. Streaming can hack and slash anything they find. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, me and Chris Mancini, filmmaker Chris Mancini, we were talking yesterday and, you know, uh, we mentioned Willow season, uh, the, the, the TV show for Willow just got yanked. It just doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> now, what if you were an actual fan of, of Willow, the series, right? It's just gone. That's it. You you've been paying your money for Disney Plus to watch one of your favorite shows, Willow, and it's gone. But they've been pulling all kinds of shows and movies from their service, and you just can't watch them anywhere else. Again, this is why physical media is important. But I, I get the digital. Look, I'll have no choice but to 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 buy Return to Snowy River on digitally. I have no choice. And you know what's gonna happen, right? You know what's going to happen? And this always fucking happens to me. There's no Blu-ray. <laughs> no Blu-ray exists. Or it's too expensive. And I buy the D I buy it. I buy it digitally. And then it comes out later. I don't know how many times that's happened to me, man. I'm like, well, let's see. Oh, it surprised you. Good. You know, I think Sexy Sumo and, and DJ Anubis, I think last time we, we mentioned it, they were trying to twist my arm to watch it. I'll, we'll see. <laughs> I'm hearing it's good, so I'll have to check it out. I just so, I'm so backed up. And pri priorities, I have to watch Iron Iron Warrior. Priorities, Robert. 
Iron Warrior or Twisted Metal? I think I made a I think I made a mistake. <laughs> I should have watched Twisted Metal instead of Iron Warrior and Street Hunter, but oh well, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> and uh, Expendables comes out this uh, weekend, right? Or is it next weekend? Oh, that's good. There's some good deaths. All right. I'll enjoy that. All right. A lot of people are enjoying One Piece. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that movie. <laughs> Seriously, man. <laughs> But what would have been epic <laughs> is if me and Lady Fat Blood still enraged and bored. That's just that's amazing that a movie can make you mad and bored at the same time. We should have had that festering anger boredom, and just right after we watched that movie, we should have filmed us reviewing it and ranting about it. It would have been epic, but you know. Waiting for Pariah Nexus to come out. I'm going to have to get a month subscription. Oh, okay. Yeah, I enjoy Byzantium, man. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a good example of it being underrated. I had the legendary, one of the best creature effects, makeup effects artist, Joe Castro. I had him on my channel a while back. That guy's a legend. And even he didn't even know what that movie was. <laughs> he was like, Byzantium, what is that? So there you go. If Joe Castro doesn't know what that movie is, he gave me a hard time for not not, not, not watching Extro yet. So I'm going to have to eventually... Maybe I'll, maybe what we'll do is I'll watch Extro finally, and uh, I'll review it with him. I'll reach out to him in October. We can uh, review it together. Man, so many people gave me a hard time. You haven't seen Extro? Like, no, <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, man. I'll get to it. I'll get to it, goddammit. Let's see. Um, Halloween hens. Oh, well, hens? Halloween hens. Hold on. Hope you're having a great night. Also, coming to slide recommendation. If you haven't already, have you heard of No One Will Save You coming out on Hulu? No, I have not. You know what's got me annoyed is when I want to stay away from uh, like spoilers and trailers and you, I really want to go into a horror movie or a movie blind. And then before I know it, I turn on YouTube and there's reviews for it. And in the goddamn thumbnails, they like spoil shit. And I'm like, oh, well, now I know it's that kind of movie. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> But there's a movie I really want to see bad called Cobweb. I'm one this, and it stars our boy, you know, from uh, uh, Banshee and Homelander. And I was like, I saw one little scene, and it was just a dialogue scene. And I was like, ooh, I don't want to know anything about this movie. I want to go into this blind and have my mind blown. But now I see the Red Letter Media. <laughs> I saw their thumbnail, and they show something in their thumbnail. I'm like, oh, great. Now I know what it is. So hopefully it. It doesn't spoil the movie whenever I get around to watching Cobweb, but uh, like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, Halloween ends had me both bored and angry. <laughs> hey, that's a great, that's, that's perfect, Anthony. 
bored and angry. Yes. I kept getting up and walking into the lobby. You know, to, to each his own. To each his own. I know there's fans out there that really like Halloween ends. But I, 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 I don't know. I think I think it, there's nothing wrong with loving a movie and, and being a fan of it. And I think that's great. But I think we not to I think we need to stop seeing defending Halloween ends videos. <laughs> stop, stop it. Stop to stop. It's awesome you like it, but stop making Halloween end defend defending the movie and telling people it's amazing. Stop doing that. <laughs> See too many of those. Anthony Starr, yeah. Yeah, have any of you seen Cobweb? Let's see. I've seen people on the hate on the One Piece live action, Dragon Ball Evolution Day. Uh, <laughs> Old Gary Daniels. Oh, you know, I actually have <laughs> Fist of the North Star on on uh, was it? I don't know. If, I don't know if it was Hong Kong Legends. It was some company. That released it on DVD, European company, and I bought it because it was actually widescreen and actually had special features. And I don't think that exists anywhere else. And there's no Blu-ray for live-action Fist of the North Star. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, but it pales in comparison to the anime, of course. But yeah, um, that's weird that people are hating on One Piece when it's like, you know. I'm hearing good things about it for, for a change. David Hurd, what's going on, man? Longtime fan. All. Hey, we're a fan of you, brother. We appreciate you showing up, man. Uh, you always give someone ready to give up. Well, don't give up. I think, uh, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a psychiatrist. <laughs> but don't give up, my friend. Um, no matter what it is. And I think every single person in, on the planet has those days where they want to give up no matter what kind of, no matter what it is, we all at some point feel like that and uh, don't give up, man. Just keep, keep it moving. Like, uh, like uh, Rocky told Apollo, just keep punching Apollo. Just keep punching because it'll be, it'll definitely benefit you in the end mentally. And I know it's hard. It's really hard, but uh, mentally, physically, you'll be better for it. Let's see. There's some movies you're going to be a fan of. Really have to have a sense of humor about it. We'll see. I'm a fan of a sense of humor about it, except how I hated it. Gotcha. I imagine the ones, the videos defending Halloween ends are usually under there. <laughs> uh, anybody going to see Saw 5000? What, what Saw are we up to now? MK, what's up, man? The Mortal Kombat enthusiast. That's right. Good, man. Good to see you, brother. I'm hearing good things about the game. I just I just posted this, I think, yesterday. Yeah, man. Hopefully, it's got good animation. Um, hopefully, they don't fuck it up with the, some of this new kind of animation they got now. Because as much as I love Berserk, that new Berserk, that last Berserk series animation was rough. So hopefully, it's nothing like that. <laughs> Even though I still enjoyed it because I'm Berserk biased. The animation was like, Ugh. that's right. Listen to Anthony. There you go. There you go. Shit. Rocky's Rocky said it again. And then Rocky Balboa, that's the perfect, the perfect motivational speech right there. 
See, I don't I don't think I seen this one. Wasn't there something out there called Fist of the Blue something? I think they said the action picks up a little later, I think, Samurai. I think maybe by the second or third movie you get to see some some good sword play and stuff. That's what I heard. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I know Rob from Entertainment Talk Nation really loved it, so that's a good that's a good sign. I've been I've been getting the itch to finally watch it though. It's Saw Ten, but really two point five timeline. <laughs> I know OGP is going to see this. Hey, I check it out if it has some good kills in it. At this point, Fist of the Blue Sky. Yeah, I haven't. Was there an anime for that, or was that just a manga? Uh, the only other film I was looking forward to this year, Dune Chapter 2. Why did that get delayed, Anthony? It's strange. Oh, you know what? You know what I'm thinking? Because of SAG, they can't promote the movie. That'll, that would hurt the film. Even though there's a, a big fan base waiting to buy it. Tickets? Um, yeah, that's why. Okay. Because they can't promote it. So it's kind of... It's all good, David. Hey, we all need to hear stuff like that. It's all good, man. We all need to get encouragement. Even me. I even need to hear encouragement, you know, to keep me going sometimes. So it's all good. Fist of Blue Balls. When is that coming out? <laughs> no, uh, I did a trailer reaction, David. You should check it out. I it looks it looks good. I mean, I'm in I'm intrigued for sure. Uh speaking of horror, there were leaks from what? That'll be kind of fun. Play as Ghostface. Yeah. Uh, both. There's a manga and a two animes. A regular one. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, because that's that'll kind of kill your movie, man. You gotta, you gotta, you can't just release a trailer. You gotta do press conferences. You gotta go to conventions. You gotta do interviews, you gotta, you know, and plus, you know, they probably paid a lot of money to promote. That's kind of a waste of money if they just released the movie, right? So, yeah, I get it. That makes sense. You know, Frank Jang, the master remaster, he's been on the channel several times, Mr. Audio Commentary legend himself, he's a huge sci-fi guy. And um, He's really excited for creator. And we had a discussion, I think it was a, I don't know if it was the last live Q&A we did on, um, I don't know if uh, somebody mentioned this movie, but I, I brought up the question, like, why why does non-franchise sci-fi projects die? Like, they just, they come out, they don't really make a lot of money, <laughs> the critics really like it, but that's it. But it's got to be like Star Trek or Star Wars or you know Transformers. It's got to be like a big franchise sci-fi for people to be excited for. When it's not, when it's its own thing, it's kind of like looked at as small. And I, I don't, I, I don't think that's fair. I think if it's a sci-fi movie that's fucking great, it deserves to make a lot of money. It deserves praise. You know what I mean? So, yeah, for some reason, that's just how things are. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, a lot of people were playing that game. No, I have not. I didn't even know that was out.
Yeah, I hope I hope it's like I hope the I hope creators like a sleeper hit, right? Like it it won't bomb. It'll it'll make its money back, but um, word of mouth, you know, will come out and then it'll do like gangbusters on Blu-ray. That's what happened with. Um, isn't that insane to just think about it? <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow didn't really do that well financially. Isn't that insane? If Edge of Tomorrow got released today. It'd be a huge hit if it was advertised right and promoted right and not confusing people thinking it was a, what was the name of that movie Tom Cruise did? People thought it was a, what you call sequel? Um, ah, that sci-fi movie he did with Morgan Freeman and Olga. People thought that was a sequel. They're like, what is this? <laughs> the, prom- the advertising and promotion for live, uh, die, repeat was terrible. It's just strange. A movie pretty much pretty epic. Like, just did okay. <laughs> it's weird. But then word of mouth got around, and then it did gangbusters on Blu-ray. So maybe maybe creator, maybe that'll, that'll happen to creator. Hopefully creator's a good movie, and hopefully it'll make a lot of money. You know, people need, you know, an escape. They need to, something to be like, yeah, oblivion, thank you. Yeah. Let's see, a lot of horror characters uh, and the DLC. Terradome. Terradrome. They should bring in uh, uh, what you call from Terrifier, man. <laughs> David Howard Thornton. They should bring that. They should bring his character in, in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, so Warhammer's a series. Okay. All right. Nice. Seen a clip of the creator look pretty good. Nice. Nice. Art. Yeah. Art the Clown, man. He'd be great, dude. He'd be perfect for Mortal Kombat. He can use his gun, <laughs> flamethrower. <laughs> can use all his stuff <laughs> and if you, those of you who are unaware I actually had David on my show a long time ago yeah he was a before terrifier 2 way back he was on the channel if you want to see that interview you can find it just type it in here on the channel trash bag full of weapons yeah and he can pull out anything out of the trash bag like it could be ridiculous like whatever he wants to pull out it just pulls it out <laughs> yeah yeah why not have we had pinhead yet or any of the cenobites i don't think we have huh deathstroke and harky were leaked did you mean harley Ah, Jenna Ortega. <laughs> the beach and the, the bleach and the salt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pinhead is in Terodrome. I heard about Terra. I think I saw clips of that. <laughs> when, when, does anyone want Wednesday in Mortal Kombat? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, be you know, be hilarious. After she kills you, she does the Wednesday dance. That would be hilarious. That would be really funny. <laughs> Dude, Pinhead, yeah, man. I can see Pinhead kind of being like Magneto in Marvel vs. Capcom. You know? Just, just kind of stands there, doesn't really move a lot, but, you know, the chains attack and stuff. Like Magneto uses the magnetism, magnetism whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then his fatality would be like the other Cenobites showing up, bringing you to hell. That would be amazing. But does the Van Damme skin do the Van Damme dance? That's all I want to know. That would be amazing. That would be the, the greatest game ever made. If Van Damme skid, skin did the Van Damme dance. Greatest game of all time. <laughs> there goes the coaster again. <laughs> it's always sticking in this mug. Probably wrap it up in about a couple, uh, maybe about 10 more, 10 more, 15 more minutes. I'll hang out with you guys and we'll probably call it a day. It was fun tonight. Yeah. Love the story mode. He does, he does do a dance similar. Oh, okay. <laughs> ah, they probably did. Yeah. They, they might have. They might have. Yes. Yes. Nice. That's cool. That's the only way to use them like that. Because you can't have Pinhead doing roundhouse kicks and shit. <laughs> it's not going to look right. <laughs> bring, bring in Doug Bradley to do the voice. That'd be dope. That'd be sick, man. You know, you know, you know what they'll do? They'll pull a Nightmare on Elm Street. They'll, they'll bring in Pinhead, but it'll be Pinhead from the remake. <laughs> it'll be female Pinhead. Because <laughs> Freddy wasn't, Freddy was remake Freddy. He wasn't Robert England. Chucky would be hysterical. The Chucky bomb was, was the second best thing out of Ready Player One. Of course, the number one best thing was, you know, come on. Iron Giant and Gundam versus... Uh, Mecha Godzilla. The rest of the movie, yeah, but that was awesome. <laughs> oh shit! You got love for the, the the tall man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I can see that, boy. Yeah, it's not a mug; it's a goblet of fine beer. <laughs> <laughs> the tall man, yeah, yeah. He'll have the he'll have the little minions pop out and fuck you up. Oh, <laughs> uh, have the silver ball flying around for attacks and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I don't even I don't even remember Goro. <laughs> I've only seen that movie one time. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we're we're talking we're <laughs> we're talking like electric not electric boogaloo, but wait. Breaking. We're talking on breaking era Van Dam. <laughs> Art the clown with ten minutes fatality. <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> it just keeps going. Oh man. That would be kind of dope, dude. Art the Clown. That would be kind of sick. What other slashers or horror icons would you want to see in Mortal Kombat? I'm trying to think now. I would say Victor Crowley. Why not? Throw Victor Crowley in there. I mean, it's the Hatchet series is not a popular series to casuals, but uh, it'd be kind of cool to see him in there fucking shit up. Let's see. Um... See, Logan, Wolverine. Ah, interesting. Angela Baker. Oh, <laughs> why not? Uh, Riddick. Yeah, Riddick would be dope. Uses daggers. That'd be kind of cool. When when Vin Diesel was cool before family. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some other ones. What's some other good ones? Hmm. See, there's a lot of other ones, but only like real true horror fans would know. People would be like, who the hell is this character? <laughs> Fatality. Patrick Bateman? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? Oh, it's all good, David. It's all good. Uh, I don't know. I'd be surprised if we get another Riddick movie. I'd be really surprised. He better work out. <laughs> he better get ripped again. Mad Dog. <laughs> oh, Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop. See, again, us horror us horror movie fans, hardcore fans, we know Maniac Cop, but the, the casual people would be like, what the Maniac Cop, the fuck? Maniac. <laughs> Maniac Cop would be kind of fun, though. He doesn't have friends. He's got family. <laughs> so I saw the Megan Fox skin. Oh, shit. 
<laughs> Rawhead Rex. Yes, fuck it. Rawhead Rex, goddammit. And 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 when he beats you, he pees on you afterwards. <laughs> That's his humiliation. Or the greatest you know action hero of all time, Ator. Put Ator in there. He'll he'll bore he'll bore his opponent to death. Ah, there you go. Leprechaun, Wishmaster, why not? Love Wishmaster, yeah. Warlock. Throwing Warlock in there. Well, that might be awkward now. Rest in uh, power, Julian. Um, yeah, Wishmaster, that would work. What about the classic iconic horror characters, though, like Frankenstein's monster and Dracula and Wolfman? You know, let's get some uh, some old school in there. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So why why is okay? Megan Fox plays Natara the Vampire Chick. Also, you'll you'd have Havoc Man. You'd love Havoc Man. The guy rips off his arms and beats you with it. <laughs> Uh, so is she just like a skin over the vampire character? Yeah. Candyman, there you go. There's one. You put Candyman in there. Yeah, because we, we have movie characters, but we don't have like the, the OG icons, right? That, that's probably going to be like a rights issue. <laughs> so she's voicing the character too? Oh, okay. So they they made that character with her and with Megan Fox in mind, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there were I remember there were a lot of complaints for Rhonda just kind of phoning it in. <laughs> or that's just how she acts, really. <laughs> Sonia. Wolfman, there you go. Yeah, put some uh some of the iconic guys in there. Why not? Sorry, <laughs> that's probably time to hammer girl. It's probably time to, to hang it up. Well, creature of the Black Lagoon, man, get that in there. The Kraken, <laughs> it takes up the whole screen. <laughs> oh man, this was a blast! Thank you guys so much for hanging out with Samurai tonight and to hear me uh, ranting about movies. And talking about movies I actually didn't think I was going to enjoy and actually enjoy tonight. Don't forget tomorrow, 12 p.m. That's right. Me and Donna Dragon Wilson, Alan De La B, Michael Morris going to be hanging out 12 o'clock. And if you can't make it, hey, just watch the video later so you can hang out with us 
later on your own time. <laughs> uh, but you guys are awesome. Thanks again. Uh, shout out to all our patrons and channel members. We love you. Thanks again for the support. And uh, I'll see all you badasses on the next one, guys. Keep watching movies. Keep being awesome. That's right. Take care, guys.